Welcome to the Hidden Archives. I am your curator and host for tonight, Philip Clark. The archives seem to have a sick sense of humor. When I joked that Nicole had come down with something, it apparently set off a flu epidemic in our household. So that's why I'm here again, and that's why I sound the way I do. Please continue to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feeling the way that Nicole and I are, we might have to delay the next episode. We'll try our hardest to have it out on time, two weeks from this episode's release, if the flu doesn't kill us first. The great Tim Burton once said, One person's craziness is another person's reality. So let this warning be the reality of tonight's craziness. If you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content may follow. This is your warning. In our first story, we get to hear the internal monologue of a young man suffering through a nightmarish experience. Let's hear what happens to Charlie as he struggles to make sense of the unique predicament in which he finds himself. Where am I? How did I get here? It's so dark and cold. Is this grass? Am I in a field? I was just... Wait, where was I? I can't remember anything before this. Before I woke up here. It is so dark. Okay, no need to panic. Just go over what you know. Yeah, what can I remember? Let's see. Uh, I'm 11 years old. My name is Charlie. I live in the mountains in, in Colorado. I am an only child. My dad works as a forest ranger. That's it. Maybe my dad is here with me. Maybe I am actually in a forest and not a field. But I don't hear my dad. I'm sure he would be calling for me if he knew I was lost. But I don't want to yell because I don't know exactly where I am or what may be around. There's an idea. I can go look for clues. Okay, there's grass that's tall and damp. There don't seem to be any trees. The ground is soft. It is so dark. No, but no big rocks. But pebbles, maybe. They feel weird. They are all smooth in my hand, and they feel really light for rocks of any sort, even pebbles. Uh, let me just pinch one. Oh, God, they're bugs! I have bug guts in my hands. This is so gross. I want... No, don't, don't, don't panic, relax. It was just a bug, and plus, there aren't that many. Okay, I'm okay. Now where was I? Oh yeah, the dirt is soft. Some bugs don't squeeze. Tall grass, no trees. Definitely a field. I must be alone because I don't hear any... Wait, what is that? It sounds big. 
It's so dark. I can't see it. Oh, God, is it running at me now? I can hear it. I have to move. Okay, stay calm, stay calm. Run! I've stood up and I'm running, but it feels weird. Did I hit my head? I'm not scared, but I have to stay calm and keep moving. What's chasing me? Why am I running so slow? And why isn't it catching me? I can't even see where I'm running. It's so dark. Am I barefoot? Why, why don't I have shoes? I'm wearing my PJs. I must have woke up here. Now that explains a lot. Where's the thing that was chasing me? I just heard it. Did it stop? How far have I even run? Let's sit back down and try to think it through again. I'm really being brave right now. So I'm in a field with some sort of animal or monster. But monsters aren't real. Even I know that. I don't even believe in Santa or the Easter Bunny. Monsters? <laughs> yeah. Did I just hear it? No. It must be the wind. But there isn't any wind. Should I move? Should I stay or should I go now? How did that song get stuck in my head in a time like this? At least it means I'm calm enough. But my dad says that it is just as bad to be distracted as panicked when you're in danger. That's right, my dad. I need to examine my surroundings. Go back to what I know. Okay, dad is a forest ranger, though I'm not with him. Mom stays at home and likes gardening. I like to play soccer. I go to school 20 miles away in town because mom and dad want me to go to a private school where I have to wear a stuffy uniform. Come to think of it, I'm in my uniform. This is definitely my school uniform. Slacks, tie, jacket. How did I mistake this for my PJs? So I was either at school, going to school, or coming from school when this happened. Whatever it is happened. But school is pretty far away, and I don't know of any fields that could be as big as this one, or even so dark. We don't pass any on the way there because it's all mountains, hills, trees, and rocks. And it's such a long drive there. I think so, anyway. Why can't I remember anything else? This is so weird. How long have I been here? It feels like forever. Seriously, it feels like I've been here for hours. But I haven't been thinking for that long, and I wasn't running for that long. Or was I? I must have been. But I would be more tired, right? I don't even feel like I've been doing anything. Maybe I've just been thinking for longer than I thought. Is, it, is that redundant? I know that's not even a proper sentence. Mrs. Stella would definitely correct me. Why am I thinking of school lessons? It's just so random. But then again, we did learn about redundant sentences this week. 
yesterday, probably, or, or maybe today. I can't remember what day it is. I wish I had a clock or or my phone. It has a clock, and I always have my phone with me. It's right here in my jacket pocket. What the? Where is my jacket pocket? That's insane. Pockets don't disappear. But it's certainly not here, and neither is my phone. Damn it! Dad would kill me if he knew I just swore. Think. Think more. What to think dot dot dot. What is that called again? An elliptic, uh, electric eclipse? No, that last one is when the moon moves in front of the sun. Where is the moon? Or stars? It is so dark. At least I know one more thing now. Wasn't there an animal here? What smells so bad? What is that cold, wet thing I just touched? It feels like... Like a dog's nose. Run! Did I wake it? Is it after me? Yes, I can hear it. Why did I do that? How could I not know what was there? Oh, shit, it's skating on me. It feels like I can barely move my legs. I'll, I'll scream for help. Why can't I scream? No sound comes out. I'm silent and I'm slow. It's so dark, but it hasn't caught me. Did it lose me? I'll keep running anyway. The more distance between me and him, the better. I don't want that to happen again. What the? Something has my arm. It, it hurts. It, it caught me. I can feel it. Oh, God. It's gnawing on my arm. So much pressure. So much numbness. I can't feel my arm anymore. I'm still running, but I am held back by... But by what? It must still have my arm. It's holding me back. But my arm must still be attached, or else it wouldn't be able to hold me back. And even though I can't really feel my arm, I feel pins and needles. What type of animal is this? I, I smell dirt. I'm on the ground. The monster took me down. I can feel it on top of my chest. I can't... I can't breathe. This is the end. I know it. I'm being crushed and eaten by a monster. I can't fight it off. I can't even move. Oh god. Oh god. It's so dark. Oh god, please let this be a dream. Please let this be a dream. Please let this be Charlie, wake up, honey. It's time for school. I'm not giving you five more minutes. You get downstairs right now. Charlie's mom called him downstairs. She often had to wake him up two or three times before he would actually sit up in his bed. However, this was the fourth time she had called him today. Okay, I will come in there and wake you up myself. His mom called as she marched up the stairs. Nothing frustrated her more than having to interrupt her morning routine in order to teach Charlie some responsibility. His father would definitely be having a discussion with Charlie this evening at the dinner table. It is time he grew up. Hell, that discussion would be done right here and now if Charlie wasn't already late for school and if Tim, his father, didn't need another hour of sleep before he headed into work. 
Charlie's mom reached for the doorknob, but didn't turn it. Something was wrong. It was cold to the touch. Charlie, did you sleep with the window open last night? It is the middle of November. She cut mid-sentence as she entered his room. His window was wide open. His room looked like it had been tossed by someone trying to find a hidden treasure of great value. His school uniform, normally neatly folded and placed on the corner of his dresser underneath his window, was missing. And so was Charlie. Tim! Charlie is gone! Bad things seem to happen in the mountains of Colorado. I wonder if this is important. In our next story, titled Lady in the Glass, we meet a gentleman who makes a new friend in a rather unconventional way. It was late that Friday night, and I was glad to finally be home. As I stepped drearily out of my Dodge spirit, all I could think about was drinking a bottle of beer and getting a good night's sleep. Those were the only two things on my mind as I ascended the stairs to my fourth floor apartment. I had to count the stairs as I went up because a fuse had blown and the result was that the entire area was bathed in darkness except for a few rooms where the light escaped from underneath the doors of the other residents. There were 18 stairs on each flight, and I about had it by the time I got to number 50, but I was almost there and I could smell the stench of some cheap takeout that my neighbors across the hall must have ordered for dinner. Though the smell of the food was an affront, theirs was one of the doors that allowed just enough light to creep up, and dispel the shadows and illuminate the lock on my door. I tried to unlock the door with my car key for a while before I realized my mistake. Laughing with frustration, I cycled through my keys until I found the stubby little door key. Finally, I was in business. I opened the door and felt around blindly for the light switch on the wall inside. Because I was already accustomed to the darkness, I had to turn my head away and face the hall as the light came on. This piercing brightness was enough to burrow its way through my watering eyes and into the center of my brain. As the world started to come into focus, I caught a glimpse of what I thought to be a pretty blonde girl reflected in one of the mirrors that lined the halls of the old building. But as no one was there... I supposed it was just one of the many dancing orbs of light that were still obscuring my vision. I wrote off this experience and continued on to accomplish my mission of slight intoxication and dreamless sleep. I made my way to the fridge and took a Guinness from the six-pack in the door. After opening it with my lighter, I carelessly tossed both lighter and bottle cap beside the sink as I began to swill the lovely, dark-imported addiction. I drank the stuff like it was the last glass of water in the Mojave Desert, tossed the bottle in the trash, and hit the sheets of my bed face down. And like that, I was out cold. It was four in the morning when I heard a soft voice whispering coolly into my ear. 
Wake up, Daniel. What? Who's there? Legitimate question, I thought, as I lived alone. Oh, I can't tell you that just yet. You just need to wake up for me, okay? The velvety female voice replied. Yeah, sure. I was groggy and confused, but I sat up in my bed anyway and rubbed my eyes. I looked around and caught a reflection in the mirror on the wall across the room. I saw the same blonde girl from earlier that night as she knelt down beside my bed. What the? No, Daniel, you mustn't turn. Just face the mirror. Who are you and what's going on here? Why are you in my room? I stared into the reflection of the pretty face beside me. She looked so familiar, yet I could not place her. There was just this feeling that I had seen her before. You recognize me. I can tell that. However, my time here is short, so I must be prompt. You are in grave danger, Daniel. I came to warn you of that. But I cannot tell you anything else. Not even my name. Just trust me. Wait. Are... are you a ghost? She just smiled, touched my hand, and then her reflection was gone. After that, it was hard work getting back to sleep. What had just happened? Was I seeing ghosts? Or perhaps I had a stalker that had sneaked into my apartment. But, if this was the case, how had she vanished? I, somehow, knew that she did not intend me any harm. But these thoughts and many others raced around in my mind and kept me awake way too long. I didn't doze off again until around 7 in the morning. I managed to roll myself out of bed sometime around noon. I just sat there in bed thinking about the night before. I could still feel where she had touched my hand, and it was a feeling that was oddly secure and comforting. She was one of the most beautiful women that I had ever seen. There was a quaintness about her that I found irresistible and the serenity and compassion that she expressed in the calmness of her voice was like a warm greeting from an old friend. Would I ever see her again? And what did she mean that I was in danger? I hoped to catch her in the mirror again, so I stumbled out of bed and crossed the room. But there was something odd about the mirror now. It looked like it was covered in dust. Or maybe ash? It was slightly greasy as I touched it and smeared it around between my finger and thumb. I noticed there was a message scrawled at the bottom of the mirror in the same fashion that someone might write, Wash me, across the muddy bumper of one's car. Remember, be careful. Love, 213. What is 213? Some kind of signature? A date, maybe. Hell if I knew so I just had to play it safe. Maybe she was an angel or something, sent by some deity I didn't even believe in to protect me. She did tell me to be careful after all. But on the other side, she could be a being with a more nefarious motive, intent on misleading me and keeping me in a perpetual state of fear and paranoia. But if the latter was true, she didn't seem to be trying very hard. No, 
I did think it was more of the former, but little did I know that she definitely was not sent from above. I just wished that I could speak to her again, to get some answers, and to just talk. For about two months after this, I did play it safe. But it didn't seem like I was in any real danger. Just the normal, that could have been bad moments at stoplights, on the stairs, and walking in front of dark alleys. However, something about the girl, 213, BM maybe, just made me trust her. And she did write love in the message. I think I do love her too. From that night on, I haven't stopped thinking about her. There have been times when I thought I saw her pass by, just out of view, along the edge of a mirror in a dark room. Ghost, human, or something else, I don't really care. I just wanted her. Yesterday, as I was about to get into my car to make my way to work, I noticed something written in the wing mirror, carved out in the same ashy medium as the mirror in the bedroom. Check under the hood. Love, 213. So I popped the hood and discovered that one of the fuel lines that was running over the engine block had aneurysmed and was about to burst. My 20-minute commute along I-25 would have been enough to finish off the fuel line and probably blow up the little Dodge Spirit of mine. She had saved my life, and there was no questioning that. I think... I have things figured out now. I saw that beautiful blonde face about 15 years ago, when I was only 13. Like most middle school age kids, I was dared to go into the bathroom and chant her name. Bloody Mary. So I did. And she appeared. Just for a second. I came out and told my friends that I had actually seen her. My friend Jake didn't believe me, so he decided to go next. But, just in case, he said, he brought a little white bottle with him. What the hell is that, Jake? Relax, it's just holy water. Can't be too safe. If I see her, I'm going to banish her back to the world of the damned. You're insane. What did she ever do to you, huh? So I grabbed the bottle from him and dumped it out. Jake was pissed, but I honestly felt more sorry for the girl in the mirror. Then Jake went in, regardless, but he never came out. Of course we searched for him. There was no trace of him in the bathroom and no way to escape. We told our teachers and parents what had happened. They searched and formed their own ideas despite our testimony. We were in trouble for a little while but they knew it wasn't our fault. Eventually, the search was called off. Jake was gone. The adults had assumed he ran away, but my friends and I knew what had actually happened. Some say she will pull you into the mirror with her. Others say that she will haunt you for life. I hope those are both true. She saved my life yesterday. I guess I saved her 15 years ago. Now I am sure, above everything, 
that I do love her, and I'm pretty sure that she loves me too. It's midnight now. I have the water running and the candle lit. Otherwise, the bathroom is dark and quiet. I hope she comes tonight. I really do. Hmm. Who says you need to go to a bar to meet that special someone? Then again, perhaps if that bar has a mirror behind it, you might be in more luck than you think. Special thanks to Tim Ryan for voicing Charlie, and Jake in Lady in the Glass, Admar Suzik for voicing the narrator in Charlie, and to Christina Graff, our new voice actor, for voicing Charlie's mom and Bloody Mary. All directing, editing, formatting, writing, and other voices were provided by me, Philip Clark. There are many more stories from the hidden archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another glimpse into the archives. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, and Archivum.